0: Hey, I'm Bryce. I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Jonathan, and you're listening to Electric City Buzz, the podcast about all things Anderson. This podcast is brought to you by Still Family Law, LLC. Changes in your family can be full of difficult choices. You don't have to make them alone and uninformed. Still Family Law is your local guide through the journey of divorce, custody, visitation, or adoption. Call 864-734-4650 today to schedule your initial consultation. And now presenting Cousin with Magnetic South Brewery.
1: We are excited to welcome on a very special guest today. Um, It is Adam Willier, better known as Cousin from Magnetic (laughs) South uh, Brewing. We are very thankful for him. Um, I'm excited to to kind of dive into some stuff with you today. This is going to be, once again, a super easy um, interview, I feel like, for us. But I'm not sure there's ever been anyone, at least that I know personally, that looks more the part for their job than you do for your job <laughs> as the head brewer at Magnetic South. I mean, I look at you, I'm like, I can't imagine this man doing anything besides what you're doing
2: right I, now. I really, don't, I really don't want to do anything else. Good. I enjoy this too much. We don't want to do anything <laughs> I, And the, the look might have come like, I don't know, I've been doing this for seven or eight years now, so mm-hmm. it's just it's embedding into my soul, so okay. here I am.
1: Excellent. I, uh, I, I, I've known you for, a, since you guys have been in town now, but I actually... Don't know too much about, A, how you got here, but B, anything pre-Anderson. So where are you, where are you from? Let's just, let's, let's start from the gym. All right, where, where are you from originally? We'll dive in. So okay.
2: originally born in D.C., okay. um, you know, grew up in a split split household, um, spent most of my time in Southern New Hampshire, okay. would spend the weekends and the summers in D.C. where my dad was, uh, you know. So moved down to South Carolina. And this is going to be a, this is typical of all my interviews. Uh My dates are like, they're just messed up. They don't (laughs) even make sense. So (laughs) I may say nine years, but it might be like 15. I think I moved down here in 2009, lived in Spartanburg, was doing the retail thing for a long time. Uh, Like most kids out of high school, went to college. It wasn't for me. Where at? Uh, so I went to college in Providence, Rhode Island, at Johnson Wells University. Right on. You had to live on campus as a freshman there. Mm-hmm. Didn't really like that. It was like four dudes in a room in bunk beds and desks, you know, communal bathrooms. Sounds like Anderson University. It was
1: horrible for me, right?
2: Because, <laughs> uh, again, you don't get to meet your roommates or anything. So uh-huh. I got friends with guys down the hall, and I lived underneath someone's bunk bed and mm-hmm. like took my mattress because yeah. i was like i'm not staying in my room yeah. anymore yeah. uh so we actually went out and rented a house six of us rented a six-bedroom house down the road yes and started you know partying and and doing the college drinking thing school didn't like that too much True. you know the academic probation shortly after yeah. you know yeah. No. I, was, I was partying then i just decided it wasn't for me so just kept up with the retail the school thing. or the partying was the, it the school, school? Yeah. The school. The school. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah so Left Rhode Island Went back to New Hampshire for a little bit uh, Moved down here like 2009-ish uh, Like I said Work in retail Started homebrewing somewhere in there My dad actually sold his house in D.C. And was moving to Costa Rica So he gave me all his old homebrew equipment Uh, He homebrewed for a while as, you know, a later adult. So he gave me his recipes, all this equipment, which for me was great, right? That's awesome. Um, It's definitely a big thing. And I had homebrewed before that a couple times, you know, traditional Mr. Beer kit that someone got you for Christmas. Uh, I, I homebrewed some stuff in, in college when I was living in that house. I say in college, but in Rhode Island, we had (laughs) homebrewed some batches of stuff, try to make, you know, bathtub wine, you know, all that, whatever, like my dad did. It was like, Oh, it can't be that hard. Yeah. Um, but really I I would say like 2009, I really hit the ground running hard, uh, buying ingredients online kind of was in it and was just like, yo, oh, yeah, this is awesome. I love this bottling beer. Then all that got tired, right? It was like, what can I do next to make it easier? I found a local, and I'm still in Spartanburg living at this time, found a local homebrew shop in Greenville called Grape and Grains. Ken Anderson used to run it. Um, so I like started hanging out there, buying ingredients, still working retail. Mm-hmm. He needed some help on the weekends because he was so busy, so I started working at Grape and Grains on the weekends, just helping him fill homebrew orders, selling beer at the bar. You know, just having a good time, basically working in exchange so I can buy stuff, so I can make beer. Yeah, I mean, at this time I have four taps on at the house. Oh,
0: nice! All grain brewing. What drew you to beer? Because I started a Mister Beer kit, and that was kind of like, oh, I, I, I'm I can't do this. Let me um, let me just stop and appreciate people that are doing it. What what draws you into making beer? I think for me, I found craft beer. In my Johnson Wales days,
2: you know, we were drinking kegs of Keystone Light, right? Yeah. Um, and then someone would bring a blue moon over, and you'd start, like, with that. Like, right. a line and kugel, summer ale. You know, growing up there, we had Boston's, uh, Sam Adams Boston Lager, uh, their Oktoberfest. So there was a small introduction into, especially back then, what craft was becoming, right? These guys, mm-hmm. Dogfish mm-hmm. had Sam Adams they kind of drew first blood into let's just not make an american light lager you know let's make these american of course they were doing crazy stuff in overseas but not a lot of that had gotten here because there wasn't a market for it mm-hmm. so i remember my first like real um i would say crazy beer it was new belgium's Folie. Wow. it was their sour brown ale and i think that for me was my tipping point into Oh wow, beer just isn't um, Keystone Light, (laughs) which which, don't get me wrong. My go-to is Miller High Life every day of the week. Champagne and beers. Oh yeah, champagne and beers. (laughs) Or I mean, I do love a Coors Banquet. The banquet beer. A dose of keys. Okay. You know, you just yeah. But I'm all over the board, right? I I love everything. Um,
1: I'm a total snob when it comes to beers. No, not not at all. We can. Yeah,
2: give me a $2 Golden vodka wet. soda yeah, and, and yeah. a dollar high life. You <laughs> yes, know what I mean? That's what we need.
1: Right on. So, <laughs> so you come to South Carolina, and, and, and how did you make your way out of the retail space? That's kind of where, you know, yeah, so, you were talking about. So, where, where what was the leap from, from retail? So,
2: I was working at the homebrew shop, yeah. you know, in exchange for ingredients, loving that. Uh, Ken Anderson sold the shop to, I think, the current owners. They might have changed one more time. I'm not sure so I kind of stepped out after they, as a husband or a a father, son bought it. Um, and I helped them with the transition, but they didn't just, I mean, there wasn't room for me on the team still, right? They had it covered. Um, and they've done a great job running the store. So I then was bouncing back and forth, working with six and 20 distillery, helping them do some sales stuff. Just one of my buddies owned it. So it's. Fun time for me to see that aspect, right yeah. sales
0: great whiskey.
2: I had messed around in the in a little bit in the production side and was working weekends there helping that uh and then it just became a lot right driving from Spartanburg down here um so I was talking to one of our beer reps who was always kind of close with at Sam's club that comes and stocks or shelves, mm-hmm. and you know it's we had a common interest it was beer they work in beer, yep. Um, you like beer? I like beer. <laughs> so uh, I can't remember his last name, but the sales guy at the time, his name was Matt. He might have been the account manager. He has now moved up. He was with Budweiser, uh, Bud of Spartanburg. And we had always talked about me homebrewing and wanting to get into a beer, and he let me know that Thomas Creek was hiring for a sales rep. So I go down to Thomas Creek, uh, apply for the sales rep position, get an interview, and of course I bring a resume that's stacked in, running a homebrew shop, helping at a distillery, working retail. There is no sales on my yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. resume whatsoever. You know beer, so I mean. Yeah. Um, they, they obviously went with someone different. <laughs> someone who has been a good, good friend of mine now, Will Lawrence. They hired him, but they needed to fill a position in the brewery. So at that time, Thomas Creek also had a homebrew shop. So they promoted the guy, Josh, that was working the homebrew shop up into brewing there. And then I took over the homebrew shop and I expressed to Tom like, Hey man, I don't really want to brew production because, um, it's a hobby. I don't want to, you know, make my hobby, my job. So (laughs) I was like, I, you know, I want to move into sales when you're ready for that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, three months later, I had started brewing, like, when the homebrew shop was slow, and I was like, you know what, I, I'm. you're right, I don't want to do sales, Yeah. <laughs> I want my first available shot when it comes over, so then, yeah, then I just started working in the production side of things, um, and then six or seven years later, um, we opened Magnetic Sales, so, I mean, obviously, there's a big chunk of stuff that happened yeah. in the middle there, um, but, yeah, that was kind of the, the where the career path took me was... Cool. Became the head brewer there, um, and then, you know, left to open this place in July of uh, last year. So what that was twenty one.
1: And you're one of three here, correct? Yeah. How how did you get to meet uh, Paul
2: and 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 Tanner? So um, I actually met Paul first. Um, A friend of mine was seeking counsel for a matter went to Paul, and Paul and him were talking uh, about you know lawyer stuff, mm. and for whatever reason, they started talking about beer and so I met Paul through this mutual friend. Paul had an interest in starting a brewery. Obviously, every brewery needs a brewer, mm-hmm. so for me, it was like we had a couple meetings. Um, we always used to meet in Greenville. Our go-to spot was always Velo Fellow. I don't yeah. know if you've ever been there. I'm it's not. like um, a little basement dive bar, but it's like they got some good couches and stuff in there. And it was where we'd always just meet to brainstorm, right? It was like yeah. a good, like, it was just a good spot to, like, get some stuff working. So we actually were talking to some investors and in the process, they were like, look, we can't talk to you anymore about this. We have someone you need to meet. We're talking to someone else who's, like, talking about opening a brewery. And at this time, we're, we're looking in Clemson only. We didn't really want to come to the Greenville market because the She's, other side of the partners thought it was oversaturated. Yeah. It is. It isn't. Yeah. We can dive into that later. We shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, so, yeah, so then Tanner comes into the picture. Tanner was pretty much at the same point as we were, business plan-wise, on the hunt for a location in Clemson. So we brought Tanner Coombs in, I want to say six months. Like, Paul and I are in six months. Not, yeah. I don't think quite a year. Um, yeah, so then we just sat down. I was like, well, look, why don't you just join our team? Yeah. I Because Tanner, again, he's... Not a brewer, yeah, so his right. one thing he needed was a brewer He's, he would have had to hire somebody, yeah um yeah, so we met and sh- there was a year in there, we'll just call it like twenty sixteen, which is wrong, it might have been like twenty eighteen that sounds right, Paul's the date guy, I'm not the date guy all right <laughs> I'm a lawyer. um. But yeah, so we met, we started looking at properties. We looked at a bunch of stuff in Clemson, like old bilos, uh, old doctor's offices. And one piece of property we always went back to was the Astro, right? It was just like super cool. Um, And the first time we had looked at it, it wasn't for sale. Or it might have been for sale and was under contract. Whatever happened. It just so happened one day we get a phone call that, you know, it was up. So, you know, we took a shot at the Astro. Um, Financially, it it just didn't work for us. Um, A lot of things came into the picture there with COVID at that time. Um, Kind of just changed the whole game plan for everything. Um, It kind of showed us, I mean, Clemson, downtown Clemson became a ghost town. All the students are gone. There's just no, it it was kind of heartbreaking. Uh, so we kind of had to let that project go, hit the ground running and, and look for something a little more open with some more space. We had to keep COVID in our mind of like we need to walk up outside windows, like drive up capabilities, grab and go. Where like potentially no one's going to even come in the bar ever again. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in that mindset, right? We're deep in it. Yeah. Um, so it was crazy. So we actually found this spot. Um, downtown Anderson where we currently are now it was set up like a car quest and again it was the same thing when I looked at the after the first time and could see the potential Mm -hmm. I mean the potential here was nuts you know the the high ceilings and if you've ever been to our Anderson location what you see the roof as we didn't even know it was here I mean there was two layers of drop ceilings (laughs) so when they came (laughs) in and started taking it all down and said there was a 20-foot roof or 22 foot to the middle It was like... And they tore it down. We just came in one day. It was like, holy... Like, we had no idea this was here. Yeah.
0: It was nuts. Because this was a... This was a... Had been previously a grocery store, right? So, it was built... And, again, I don't know all this...
2: In the 40s, we think, as an A&P grocery. Oh, wow. And, to my knowledge, the Beehive actually used to be on Main Street. Wow. So, and I think at the same time, it was a house... I think A and P or Bobby Johnson's, because Bobby Johnson's market came after that. Moved the Beehive back to make this a parking lot uh, for the grocery store. Wow! And again, I, I I need to go up to the Anderson Library because they have pictures and go good dive off into that because it'd be cool to have some of that stuff. But yeah. I've been told by the the way the roof looks like it was built, it was like forties fifties.
0: it's gorgeous.
2: Um, and, of course, we blew out all the front windows, redid that storefront. We cut in all the doors back here. But, I mean, you know, as far as building a, a brewery, it doesn't take much um, bathrooms and a kitchen. So, um, I think we had planned for six months to get open. Um, and they, they by the time was said and done, contractors and stuff, we were open, you know, late late September. So... Um, Not that bad. So at that same time we were running Anderson, we had the opportunity to go look at our space in Greenville, which is Judson Mill. It's going to be awesome. So So excited for that. So so am I. And it was, I mean, the opportunity was there, right? It was a good opportunity. So we actually signed that lease six months after we signed our lease in Anderson, knowing that our timelines were going to work originally to open like september of 21 here the plan was to open march of 22 in greenville which thank god through delays kind of pushed everything back and we should be opening february march of 23 but i mean we really needed that year we've learned so much just from being here in anderson um so yeah we we originally didn't want to be in greenville or i should say the the partners myself excluded didn't want to be in greenville i always wanted to be in greenville i mean to touch base a little on it a lot of people say the greenville market is oversaturated and i disagree because if you go to places like Asheville, right you can go hit 15 breweries and walking radius mm-hmm. we do not have that in greenville yet
0: mm-hmm.
2: everywhere in greenville you got to drive yeah right. so Charleston they you know they just picked up um like a free shuttle that runs every hour and it runs you along to all the breweries like we still don't have anything like that in Greenville Mm. and until something like that happens where you can park at one place and walk and hit 10 breweries without having to get in a car I think then we would become oversaturated the problem is is Greenville's huge yeah so you know you got stuff in the west side which is where we'll be I mean you got the Swamp Rabbit Trail now that's going to Connect. go forever mm-hmm. you know and so all that stuff from TR now you're bringing that into Greenville um, so there, there, there's just there's a lot of space and there's a lot of gaps to be filled
1: yeah yeah. and and we're not stopping it at, at Greenville um, correct I mean I don't know we can cut this out if we need to but there's, yeah, no. there's plans for a, a third location as well in, So
2: at least I want to say it was six months after we had signed our lease I think we were under construction here I don't know if we were quite open yet um, in Anderson again, like things just get real blurry when all this happens. Yeah. We actually signed a lease for our space in Clemson. It's going to be a dockside, which I believe was old Holiday Inn that they tore down. That's awesome, right there on the lake. We'll have um, be able to pull up off the lake on your boat and walk up and enjoy a magnetic South beer. That's awesome. That'll be cool.
1: Awesome.
3: Yeah. So, all right, with with three of you guys involved. Where did Magnetic South, the name, come from? Was it a group thing, or one person had it? And-
2: um, like everything else, everything's got a real funny story. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it took us a pretty long time to nail a name um, and uh, a logo. Do you, have any of the, do you remember any of the ones that yeah, didn't that make the cut? That's what so I the remember. one was, we wanted to be... They wanted to be called <laughs> uh, Clemson Brewery. Uh, So there actually is a Clemson Brothers Brewery in upstate New York. Um, And I believe we got a letter from their attorney that said we couldn't use the name because we filed for a trademark or, you know, whatever. You file the papers. Um, So that was one of them. I mean, I, I wish I still had the list. I didn't, I mean, there's I It's got to be in a box of paper somewhere. Yeah. But there's definitely there were some funny ones. So I, I remember Tanner brought Magnetic South to the table and we kind of like pushed it under the rug. Right. Like, ah, we could do better. Um, and then like in another focus group meeting, I think it, it was either me or Paul was like, what about what do you guys think about Magnetic South? Like we circle back to it and Tanner's sitting there going like, wait. I, I brought that like yeah. we we already <laughs> shut that one yeah. down. <laughs> so, so why magnetic south? Well, is there any significance behind that or yeah? So there it it does. Tanner's probably the best to tell the story, but so it's all about the South and how. So Paul is the only one from South Carolina. You know, he went to school at USC. He grew up in Chapin, Goodman I believe. Cox. Um, <laughs> you, Tanner's originally from West Virginia. You know, I'm originally from the Northeast. Uh, but something obviously brought us down here. And then kept us here, right? Mm. So I moved here because I had family here, had opportunity to leave plenty, but just loved it, right? Loved the way of life, loved the cost of living. I mean, you know, when I left Rhode Island, I was paying $1,600 a month for a two-bedroom apartment. Like, to be able to move to Boylan Springs, South Carolina and (laughs) pay $400 a month, you know, like, (laughs) it's a big big sticker shock, right? Um, And then, you know, there's the mountains right here. There's a lake right here you know you can be in a major city in 2 hours any direction yeah. yep. um and of course like the culture of the south right southern comfort yep. the food you know it's just it it's it's very magnetizing so that was the whole the whole purpose of it is just draws people here keeps people here you know it's very hard to live so that's super cool. cool
0: yeah and and as you talk about the south and the role that community and southern comfort and all that plays in our lives here what role do you think that breweries play in communities like Anderson?
2: So our whole goal in, in the whole time in opening a brewery was we wanted no matter where we wanted to have a family friendly, fun environment. Um, I mean, we never thought it would turn into what it is now, like our guests on food numbers versus selling beer numbers have drastically changed from when we were projected it right i think we projected like one of every four person would stay and eat you know or one out of every eight and right right we're running like 40 percent. so you know we have turned into a restaurant right which Mm -hmm. was never our our intention but here we are and we'll run with it right we'll continue to put out good food and obviously i think people stay here because there's good beer yep right um, and I I don't think it would work either way. If we didn't have food, I don't think, I don't think we would be as busy as we are now. But that's we put video games in, right? We wanted mm-hmm. bring the whole family. Yeah. Um, there's you know, and and I love all the other places in Anderson. There's nowhere else downtown Anderson, maybe even in the county, that you can come bring the whole family and stay here for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Well, we're not yeah. open for breakfast. But you know, like yeah, yeah, we got you got to go cover 6000 square foot of space inside pet friendly pet, pet kid friendly, friendly. Mm-hmm. kid friendly video games yeah. football games you want something on the tv you know we're going to host some um, world cup stuff here we do sip and shop yeah, markets yeah, absolutely you know like we, we just we try to bring everything here you know the city built us a beautiful park right next door i mean this thing has just grown to be a community center of yeah. downtown so yeah. we was,
1: we were shouting you guys out uh, in an episode not you know not too long ago but just talking about um I was talking to Paul a few weeks ago and he was just saying that um, you know that's kind of what pubs were created to do is is to bring community together for all sorts of different things and it's super cool to see um, a multitude of different uh, age groups here I mean I, I see a lot of my mentors here with their kids that are you know 10 and under and vice versa I see people that are 70 plus here that want to come and just be in a, a community um, type environment So what you guys have created here, um, it, it is super cool to see come to fruition, and, and y'all have absolutely knocked it out of the park.
0: Yeah, I see running clubs start yeah. out from here. I, I think mean, yeah. so <laughs> running away from the brewery. I don't know if that's good <laughs> or bad, but uh, I always see people like running clubs finishing up here as well. I mean, that's just and, such a testament. And, and, to and do. y'all,
1: I mean, it, y'all, y'all have y'all have done it right. And, just to be to to be frank, I mean, how. Y'all bring in other businesses and other programs and other nonprofits and stuff like that. It's super cool. It's not at all a, you know, from from this point on at the door. It's just Mag South now. I mean, you guys, Jonathan and I are in Leadership, um, you guys hosted us graciously to come in here and set up shops to, to to help out for a community project. I see all sorts of nonprofits setting up uh, booths and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You guys have local artists and stuff that can come out here and display their their you know artwork and stuff like that. So it, it, it's super cool to see that you know, it's a hub and you guys get to be that hub, but it's a hub of all sorts of different aspects of the community. So I, you guys have knocked out of the park. So thank you. Yeah. Hats off to you guys.
2: Um, yeah. So we're going to try to do this three more times or two more times, right? Like we've now, this was the vision, right? It, It did. It came full circle. Um, I mean, we love it. We love to work with, you know, leaders in the community, the different artists, the different nonprofits, all the all the organizations, right? It means a lot to us. We're finally in a place like that. We have the opportunity to give back to somebody. So, mm-hmm. you know, it means a lot to us to be able to give that back. And now like to repeat this a couple more times, right? To go do it in Greenville. Yeah. You know, there's nowhere I can think of in Greenville that it has a 10,000 square foot family friendly inside space where you can get food, a beverage, yep. you know, mm-hmm. it, it'll be a lot of fun. Clemson will go a little smaller, but and you can fact check me, but I think we'll be the only brewery in South Carolina on a lake. Um, That's awesome. Wow. There might be one in nope. Salem, South nope. Carolina. No. Just you guys. We, yeah. Just, no, we're not even. Facts f- aren't nope. important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, well, I don't want to like throw anyone under the, you know, I don't know if they're on the lake or not, uh-huh. but there'd be the only
1: other ones. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's cool to see you guys growing and I, I've been super thankful um, to, f- for this space. And I know, I'll shoot out a text to, to, to Jonathan or to Will or to, to Josh and say, hey, you know, if we say, hey, let's go grab a beer. I mean, we just say the time. Yeah. I mean, and we know. like We're coming here. We, oh, have, we, we're, oh, we're, oh, we know. We're coming here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we know. Yeah, Bryce proud, is a regular. Yeah, <laughs> proud Founders <laughs> Club member right here. Um, but even, I mean, today it's cool to be in the space right now if you're listening and you hear cousins at your phone.
2: That's the, someone's calling the brewery. Uh, right okay, now. okay.
1: If you hear any uh, forklifts or video games or phones <laughs> ringing, that is, uh, that is because we're, we're here um, um, right now. And actually, this is the the first and potentially the the last podcast that we'll get to do while enjoying um, one of your beers. So I do appreciate uh, your, your graciousness of offering us a beer while we get to
2: record this today. Um, do you not normally have a beer while you do a podcast? We haven't yet. Not. Oh. not we should bring that up in the next meeting. Bring that up in the next meeting.
3: Yeah, so for me, I've, I, I love this environment. And the big thing is I do a lot of business meetings or like lunches or coffee and all that, but not everybody wants to do coffee or lunch. And so this past year, it's really turned into, hey, you want to grab a beer? And then it started as a beer and then we get here and then we get hungry. And even though there's a wide variety of families here, individuals, you know, kids. There's so much space where we can literally talk business and there's no issues and yeah. everybody just has a blast. Yeah. So I, I love the variety and the space you guys have because anybody can run it how they want to do it. And I think it's great. So, um, but with you doing your own home brews to start with, first off, two part question. First one, how many brews did you do until you actually liked what you you put out
2: and i mean you got to like every one of them I mean, <laughs> hand, right? we weren't we weren't pouring them down the drain we also didn't know we, you know uh, i i don't want to say we didn't know better but like we didn't know better right yeah, we were yeah, going to yeah. drink that five gallons of beer it, even if it was flat you know yeah, yeah, i yeah, mean yeah. my first brews, i was you know not even 21 so it was like oh look we we made alcohol yeah, you know yeah, we got yeah. it now yeah. Well, I don't even know if there's alcohol in it. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that fermented.
3: Yeah. Um, since since you guys have opened Magnetic South, do you have a favorite beer that you guys
2: have here, or one that you brought with you, or one you made at home and and introduced here? So all of these are, I would say, a variation. It, it's hard to come from the homebrew stuff, from making five, ten, fifteen gallons, to now making what we do. A lot of ingredient profiles don't transfer up into the scale right like hop utilization changes so there is a bit of a science to taking that and i'm not gonna lie i haven't homebrewed in like eight years so a lot of those recipes were i i still have them all but so like a lot of them a lot of them have the idea right um of i have this i can always make this idea happen again Mm -hmm. um But, yeah, so when we we started making beer here, my whole goal was to not have any core brands. I wanted to have core styles. So, Mm -hmm. like, we'll always have a light beer on. We'll always have some variety of hoppy beers. But necessarily don't want them always to be the same thing. Yeah. Um, Anderson has dictated they wanted something different. So... You know, just by looking at sales, you know, you can see what trends better and like, why don't we have that beer on? So now we have moved into always having certain select beers on because they're our number one sellers, right? They're what the customer wants mm-hmm. to be such a small production area, such a small production footprint. When that stops being deemed necessary, right? Like, so right now, gas station sunglasses, it's our American light lager, it's our number one selling beer. Um, It will always be on draft. The moment that it stops becoming the number one selling beer, it just means we don't have to sell it anymore, right? Like, we're so small, we can change it and make something different, right? If an IPA just starts becoming better, well, we just start making more of that. We can start canning more of that. You know, it's being this size of this versus being someone like Sierra Nevada, They can't change as fast as we can. Mm So, that was part of the idea of doing this instead of just building a big production facility somewhere. Was all right, let's open three, four, however many smaller places and just do things differently at every one, right? Cultivate that same family friendly environment. But, you know, maybe our best selling beer here in Anderson isn't the same for Greenville. So, now Greenville will have their own. But so my favorite beer to answer that question right now is our Oktoberfest, which is not on the board anymore. We ran out this weekend. It will be back next week. Um, we have changed the name. It's now going to be called Life on Martin. Um, we're going to can it. It's going to be a year-round beer now. Oh, nice. It, was, it became our number t- two, three seller. Um, I, and I think it's just something that it fills a gap, right? No one does Oktoberfest year-round. Some right. people do. I don't think there's enough commercially available where mm-hmm. like people drink them so heavily in October because they're here. So yeah. I think it's just something we'll put on. And you know what? If it if it doesn't last the way it was, like I don't I don't have to make it again. So yeah. Um, and then gas station sunglasses, there's American Lye Lager, just drinks. I mean, it's just you know. I just love that name. <laughs> it's your domestic beer that's you know made by us here locally. So yeah.
1: I love all of your names honestly, and you've kind of uh, kind of taken you know, your own twist on uh, a lot of different things. Like the, right now I'm looking at the all day I have to, I mean, that's one of my favorites and, um,
2: they all had a meaning too, right? So yeah, yeah. now open Mondays, we put that up when we started open Mondays. <laughs> we used to have now, we used to have now <laughs> open Wednesdays. That's when we had that. Yeah, up we I mean, just straight to the point. We cool. had a beer if you can. We, yeah. We had a beer that was, um, New parking lot. Who's this? Yeah. Yeah. We had a new parking lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just someone had <laughs> walk into new concrete. We had concrete footprints, you know, so it's all like it's all relative stuff. Yeah. There's a bunch of crisis names. I was about that to say, where use. did the
1: crisis come from? Because there's like a series of crisis. You've got what three or four
2: different crises? Oh, yeah, there's the a lot averted, of crises just happened. And, True. You know, you know, <laughs> crisis averted. <There's laughs> yeah. a, you've averted yeah. some of them. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And then some of the names are like, Gas Station Sunglasses was one that was just in my pocket. Davy Jones, Lager, you know, was just another one. Like, I had a vision for... A lot of it will come from a vision for what I want a can art to look like. And then the name just becomes too good. Yeah.
0: So that's like, I knew Davy Jones lager. Like I wanted this underwater scene. Are you going to add to your menu uh, gas station, hot dogs to go with the uh, yes. <laughs> gas it, station. It, that
2: actually might've been where the name came from. <laughs> um, because originally the original concept that I want to run here was a hot dog factory, you know, like yeah. do sausages and hot dogs and, you know, not really just like hot dogs, right? Like, Nothing, nothing wrong with like a good homes or a skins hot dog, right. right? But it would have been like bratwurst, you know. German stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know, just good, you know, cylindrical sa- shaped objects in a bun, <laughs> you know. Yeah.
0: Yes.
1: Right
2: on. Right on.
0: So, and and as you were talking about that, you know, some of this became more food oriented, and 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 that people stayed for the beer. What does hospitality mean to you as a brewery owner, as a, I guess, restaurateur at the same? Um, so Yeah,
2: I know nothing about running a restaurant. So, you know, it's um, that was a huge shock. So when we came in and opened this place, we wanted to change, you know, it, we wanted to change the idea of like what it means to be in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So obviously we thought we were just going to be a brewery with some food and now we'd do some food sales. So everything, you know, here and at our other locations will be the same. You order at the bar and then you either come get your food or your food's brought to you. You know, um, none of this full table service, right? We don't have wait staff that wait on tables. So we we definitely wanted to change that aspect of, you know, someone coming into work and it's like, okay, you got these four tables and you wait on them. Yeah right it's that's not the brewery atmosphere you know it's about keeping everyone engaged with each other so if you're sitting here get up wait in line talk to someone in line talk to the bartender um you know find out what you want to eat find out what you want to drink the bar the bartenders know best right they pour the beer they see what's selling the best every day they know the trends that are happening Uh, i mean the food speaks for itself right um i mean we sell pizza and snacks Beer and pizza go great together. So, um, the good thing is our food doesn't need any explanation, <laughs> which, which was great. You know, um, we were just trying to keep it as simple as we possibly could, um, and and pizza was the way for us for that. So, we we do things different. We do ha- like have rovers that drop food off bus tables, um, which I think will change for our Greenville location. I think we'll do more of a complete self-serve model walk mm. up to the bar order everything pick up get paged, pick up your food everything will kind of be wrapped in to go probably do the same for clemson i mean clemson we got to think about students on the way to class mm-hmm. you know just want to get something hot and grab to go people on the boat uh greenville you know that judson mill campus is 36 acres there's 205 Shoot. apartments there wow there's Goodness gracious a couple hundred thousand square feet of different other businesses um, so, you know, we, again, we want people to be able to enjoy the whole campus because that's what it's there for, yeah. the outside space. But I don't want to have to go chase down a plate or a yeah. glass or yeah. so, you know, you kind of got got to get creative here in Anderson. We're contained. You know, we have this plaza with the den next to us and um, in our yeah. inside our four walls. But, you know, both of those other locations, they're on major campuses, which is great for business. But it just makes you rethink, like how am I how am I going to do this, right? What made McDonald's so successful when they became McDonald's, right? right? It was put it in a bag, like here's your drink. Come back to me if you need anything else, right? Mm-hmm. They've made great success doing it. You know, look McDonald's, Burger King, Chick fil A. You know, so they were onto something. So what what can we do to take that aspect? Um, of this to go, but I, I don't really want you to leave. Cause I want you to stay here and keep drinking my beer, right? yeah. Yeah. but just, you know, you don't got to clean a plate now. You just crumple it up. You know, we're going to use, um, earth fair products. So they're all recyclable, nice. um, earth friendly, no styrofoam, nothing like that. So yeah. we will kind of keep that attitude. Like our sandwiches and stuff, they'll be rolled in paper. Um, so w- yeah, we've tried to do that here for some events, and a pizza box is just bulky, right? Yeah. It's yeah. much easier to like just have it on a metal tray. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think during the soirée, we did everything to go, uh, and it was a lot of pizza boxes, right. and you know, just then it's trash. They're actually harder to clean up than just taking a metal pan. So I think moving forward, we've captured this new idea now that we know what we want to run with. So
1: and. You mentioned the soirée. I would imagine the soirée was a huge success for you, for you. And I don't even have to imagine. I was here several nights and it was you guys are packed yeah, non- nuts nonstop nuts during a normal Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it may be. The soirée was insane. For a lot of reasons. It was great for all of
2: downtown. But I would, I would have never expected it 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 be cuz I went for a walk too. It was nuts yeah. downtown. In the best way possible. I mean yeah. it was
1: it was awesome. And I we, we talked about this as well previously with Strickland. Um but it was cool to see so many people that I knew out and about in the community and stuff like that. But down here, man, I mean, you guys had live bands and stuff like that. How, uh, how, how have events kind of benefited you guys that, that you've seen? And then as well as, I mean, we're looking at the events calendar right now. You guys have live music just about every weekend. What are some of the other things that y'all do on a weekly basis of, you know, you can come on Thursdays and expect to see this, or Mondays and expect to see this? How are some standalone events that you really like or would like to, to do more of as well as what are the staples that you guys, you can bank on being here week after week?
2: So we do live music every Friday. Love it. Um, it'll be inside in the winter. Okay, We've kind of changed that aspect, bringing... Um Given like our acoustic friends the chance to play, um, you know the smaller one, two man bands. We appreciate that. Um, <laughs> and then was that a plug that you wanted to show? If you want to see uh, Bryce Nevins play, come <laughs> no, to Magnetic no, South. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, and then you know we'll move it back outside in March. Yeah. Um, so we're booked actually into the end of 2023 for Shoot. all of our Friday night music That's series. We'll awesome. we actually have two house bands next year. Um, so we'll have Mojo and Max and secondhand news. We'll play, um, every month. Um, I mean, those guys are great. They show up, they get the job done, uh, very easy to work with people. So, um, I mean, for me, I never wanted to be an event coordinator. So, but (laughs) when the city said they were coming to build this park in, you know, we cut we got kind of worried that about the type of events that were going to happen, right? Mm. Obviously we want stuff to that to happen that is going to complement our business. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course the city, I don't think needed another event space on their hands. So graciously we're like, all right, you know, you just do what you like, not do what you want, but you have free reign to schedule bands every Friday. You know, we kind of sat down and just talked to them what we wanted to do. Um, and you know, they let us run with it. So it's definitely a great aspect to have here. Um, We do uh, sip and shop markets. Mm -hmm. Our last one will be Black Friday for the year. We'll pick them back up in March um, and we'll probably run them once a month. Um, We have anywhere from 15 to 18 local vendors, artists, crafters um, that they come out. They pay a fee to us to set up outside and then we pick an organization every month to donate those fees back to um it's just a way to just you know keep the money here in the community um like i said earlier it's it's just it's time that we are finally able to help people so this is this is what we can do um we do trivia or music bingo every wednesday Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean we just try to keep it full Um, a lot of different saturday events you know we have the soiree coming up in april um the city gave me free rain all weekend to book music. Hey. So it's going to be nuts up here. love it. Uh, we'll have, go, Anderson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. A- we'll have our uh, – we, we did a beer festival this past year. Um, it was pretty successful. I don't know if any of you all came.
0: Um, yeah. It was nuts. I, I nope. did, and it immediately started uh, raining. raining? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was but good. It was you, great. We made
2: an hour rain, and then it was, it was awesome. So was I think we'll try to do something like that again next year, maybe get the city involved and make it bigger. Um, I think those things do well when the city kind of backs yeah. and, and promotes. They have a reach, right? Yeah. That, like, I just can't. Yeah, you know, if the city says they're involved in this, the news looks at it in a different way than it's just Magnetic South doing something. So, and, and that's
1: one way that I think um, that I, I think is super cool about Anderson, just a, as a whole, is that you're big on uh, collaboration here. I mean, you do a lot with um, other brewers, not only you know right here, but across the state. Obviously, I would imagine it's some somewhat fraternal, and you, you kind of create connections, and relationships with other people, but. What are some, some you know, you mentioned the, the, the beer festival that you had here. Is there any other collaborations you've done product-wise as far as beers? Or I, I noticed, I think some other breweries have introduced some of y'all's products elsewhere. How does that kind of work?
2: So when we, um, before we really opened, I went around, I think I brewed some like 30 different collaborations. So I went to like all my buddies and said, hey, I'm opening a brewery. Here's my brands. We were selling beer at the smoking pig parking lot, you know, way back when, um, like, how do I get my beer? How do we get our name out there? How do we grow our brand? Like, all right, well, I got all these friends that make beer. Like, let's just start collabing with them. So we've, we did about 30 of those before we opened. And now it's been slowly bringing those people back into here to come down, see the space, hang out in our space and brew another beer. So you'll usually find at least one collab on the board where we brought someone in. Like right now it's with Black Irish, a good friend of mine, Josh Caprell, he's going to be the head brewer there. They're hoping to open in 2023, Um, like San Susi, Poe Mill area of Greenville um so yeah you know just about that it's just about getting in the benefit that a lot of us have had here in the upstate of south carolina that a lot of people that either are head brewers places they own places we've all worked together um at thomas creek so like tom was one of the founding south carolina breweries right he's you know the longest family-owned brewery in south carolina Uh, They've been in business, I think, over 25 years. So, you know, you look at people like me, Whit Lanning, who owns Burning Blush, Kenny Driggers, who owns three spots in Greenville, or two in Greenville, one in Easley, um, John Rankin, who's up at Triple C in Charlotte. Like, you know, there's just this big Sean at Birdfly South, you know, got his feet wet at Andrew Myers at Swamp Rap. You know, like, the the list goes on and on and on. I mean, I worked there with Josh and... Um, so we have a very unique thing in the upstate where we don't see it as competition between each other. I mean, we're in big group chats. We, yeah. Hey, what are you doing different in IPAs? Hey, I'm having a problem attenuating this beer or carbon this or doing it. Something that's not working. You know, it's, you just reach out and talk to someone awesome. and someone's yeah, going to have great. an answer so it's the same right it's there's a big beer community mm-hmm. and then there's the overall community of the county the city you're yep. in you mm-hmm. know and everyone's here to support local business yeah yeah especially when the local business supports the community so yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: so with the way that Anderson's is growing and there's different businesses coming in people are starting to go out on their own do their own thing you've obviously started to finish Opened a brewery. You guys moved on. You got a second one you're working on.
2: We're still we're still opening a brewery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll ever stop opening a brewery. Yeah, <laughs> that's true.
3: So yeah, you've got multiples that you guys are, are, are working on, which is great. Is there any advice that you would give to anybody that's looking at just going out on their own and opening a business in general?
2: Man, I would say know what you're doing, and I we, I don't even know if we still know what we're doing. But you know, you got to be, <laughs> got to have a good team, right? I I, I feel blessed to have a team that I can talk to, right, whether it's yeah. personal problems, business problems that are going on, right? You you definitely have to surround yourself with a team. Um it definitely helps if you can have a team member like so we're we're blessed, right? I'm a brewer, Paul's a lawyer, Tanner has a finance background. Right? So that is like three major aspects now that you know, we don't have to pay someone to do yep. it, right? Like Paul can read a contract. He can ad- like Hey, you know, I think this is good. I don't think this is good. Yeah. You know, Tanner can crunch numbers, right? Like, and I can make the beer, right? Yeah. So I think that foundation is allowing us to build a better team behind us to run the business for us. So, I mean, I think the team is definitely like the biggest thing you got to do. Obviously, you know, aside from that location, space and money, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and those things... I don't want to say anyone can get, but they're a lot easier to come by than finding someone to trust to deal with the money, right? Mm-hmm. Finding a trust to make your product or advertise your product or to give you, you know, lawful advice or, or whatever. So, I mean, the number one advice would be, like I said, to have a good team, you know?
3: Yeah. I think that's huge. Right on. Yeah.
1: Well, kind of kind of wrapping this up a little bit, um, we kind of want to ask all of our guests something that you know we care very near and dear about and this is an anderson podcast um and we're obviously super pro anderson and it's cool to mention that you said that even in the name of mad net stuff that somebody drew all three of you guys to this location either by coincidence or you know an act of god whatever it may be um but you also touched on something that i really like and we we kind of harp on a little bit because you know we feel the same way but something kept you here um what has been your favorite aspect of getting involved in anderson what what makes anderson home how have you gotten to to know the people and really grown in appreciation because anderson has been so good to all of us as far as welcoming us getting us involved getting us plugged in and i would like to say that it's done the same for for you guys but what what do you think makes anderson so special and why y'all have been able to to create an environment as, as special and as unique as this one
2: so I, I'm gonna say it was kind of nuts, you know, when we when we were like, oh yeah, so we the um, McCoy Wright owns the space that we're in. Yep. We're like, hey, let's, yeah, let's get this 10,000 square foot or just under 10,000 square foot warehouse downtown Anderson, right? Not very accessible to the interstate, right? I mean, it is. I mean, it's accessible, but you know, you're coming down 81 or Clemson Boulevard, which, as we all know there's a lot of traffic yeah Yeah. um so it's like can the local community support this business and we just like took a leap right the building was perfect we could make it work and then the city of anderson steps in right john john wright introduces us to andrew strickland um and mayor roberts and all like these these people that are like i mean david and all these guys that are just down here just like making a huge difference downtown Mm -hmm. and like it immediately sold us like oh you guys are gonna come dump a bunch of money into the space around us to beautify the sidewalk make this park really connect us to downtown you know that that good faith there alone was huge right and then Mm -hmm. to start seeing renderings i you know and then the outpouring from the community it's Mm -hmm. been it's been crazy it's I've definitely learned a lot that there is not too many other places like Anderson, South Carolina in Amen. South Carolina, yep. right? I, I mean, just the people that are running the city that are on boards, I mean, council, like, and you know, not to dive into the world of politics, but yeah. I mean, it means a lot to have people want to see the city grow pretty much at free will. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, yeah. if you're going to come and you're going to do something good in the city I think the city gives you free reign to I be know. like, hey, come, come come, redo this building. Make it look pretty. Come yeah. bring your business here. Right. I mean, I think that's huge, you know. Yeah. And being able to work with these people one-on-one and not just see them as a political figure, but as a person has kind of changed a lot of that, too. And I don't think you get that a lot of places. Um, you know, and, and we'll see, you know. Um, but, yeah. I mean, and just the people I've met here have been... Yeah. Like no other people, so... And,
1: and that's the cool part about Anderson that's had such a big Im- impact on all of our lives. But it, it is the people. It is the Andrew Strickland's and stuff like that that are not only in a position of power and influence that they can make decisions like this, but they want to see Anderson grow. Anderson is so pro-business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anderson is so support local. Um, and it's so people-oriented. Um, and whether that's the people at the top making decisions... Elected officials, local government, whatever it may be, or just the people in general. I think you, 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 know, you obviously spend a lot of time in here, as do we. But you see the same faces in here, and people get to know each other. And then I mean, I
2: just active community members, right? Exactly, Contractors, right. Like exactly. People that are here, you know, like right. the blue collar guys that are just in here that work here every day. Yeah, you know, they want to see growth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and it's it's nuts. I mean, this city. I think the city will grow very fast in the next five years and yeah, I, right. I look i look very- I, I look forward to it right growth is a big a big change, and I think it's just town like these small town communities like this yeah are just great right yeah. you know like you've seen the growth in Spartanburg, right? Like you see the growth in small cities like Lyman, right? Yeah. Like it's here for the growth. It doesn't mean we need skyscrapers, but you need business. You need the community to support these businesses, no matter what they are. So, and, and luckily, you know, we hit the gold mine with Anderson. Yeah. So, and yeah.
1: we're all super pro Anderson. Obviously that's why we're doing right. this podcast. But it, I also get giddy. I mean, I love bringing people um, to, to your spot, but especially like I, I've got friends that I went to school with the AU, right? We graduated in 2020, um, when the world kind of stopped turning and then they've moved off to, to Charlotte or to Charleston and stuff like that. And then they'll come back for a wedding or whatever it may be. But like, I got to take you this, this, this new joint downtown called magnetic South and they come in and they love it. And they're like, where was this mm-hmm. two years ago when we were in school? Um, and, and, it, and it's exciting. I said, man, this is just the beginning. I mean, magnetic South is awesome. And, and you guys are going to grow into different areas. Um, you're going to continue to grow in this area. But Anderson is there. There's, it's right on the cusp of just absolutely exploding, and it's super cool to see the direction the the city is heading in. Yeah. And so. you are
0: such a catalyst for that. Absolutely.
1: Yes. I mean, y'all really broke the ground. Well, and, yeah, right. And it
2: takes one. Exactly. And I think we were that one. I mean, now I think the growth around us, the den building, right? Yep. This mm-hmm. going to be a crazy four new business or eight new businesses added, which I think are 80% women owned business, yeah. which is it's even awesome. another huge growth, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think there's
1: a lot, you know. It's it's super cool to see where, where where Anderson is going. So, well, cousin, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for the beer. Yeah. Um, and uh, thank, yes. you for, thank you for so. um, the environment and the space that you've created here. We are very thankful for it. Anderson is very thankful for it. And we wish you all the best and we'll continue to support you in the future. So, Thanks.
2: Thank thanks thanks you. for coming in. All right. Let's wrap it up.
3: Thank you for listening. And check us out on your favorite podcast app. And follow us on Facebook at Electric City Buzz Podcast and on Instagram at Electric City Buzz Pod.